Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Is it hot enough for you? Before I share this message, the real people of East Texas and South Louisiana are experiencing terrible flooding and are in need of our prayers. Our scripture is from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 3, verse 28. For there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Father Bunchy Bridges reflected, not for the first time, that his nickname was not suitable for an Episcopal priest. (laughs) Whether one said Father Bunchy or Father Bridges, it was a name sorely lacking in gravitas. Of course, his birth name, Buntwell Brickwell, had inevitably attracted a sobriquet because it was clearly in need of some work. But she did insist that his parishioners call him Father Brickwell. But after all, it was Bunchy Bridges who had been the star quarterback at Doodlebug High. The honest truth was whenever somebody slipped up and called out, hey, Bridges, it brought back the roar of the crowd. (laughs) Snapping out of his reverie, Father Bunchy spied a yellow flyer that someone had laid on his desk with a large note that said, here we go again. The flyer told of a pancake breakfast, craft fair, in silent auction at the Doodlebug Community Church, which was once again scheduled on the exact same day as the Prince of Peace quilt raffle and crawfish feed. How did this keep happening with 365 days in the year to pick from? It was sure to become yet another chapter in his never-ending feud with Reverend Knowles Pilgrim, better known as Naughty Problem, a feud whose origins were lost in time, but were known to involve a girl, a football game, and an incident in the high school parking lot. You would think that seminary in enough years to turn both Naughty and Bunchy Gray would have redirected the passion that they expended upon one another, but quite the opposite was true. At that very moment, word of the Prince of Peace Episcopal Church's latest affront had reached interim Pastor Molly 
chiefly because Reverend Pilgrim was yelling in her ear. Rev Nadia was the outgoing pastor at Molly's church and supposedly retired. But Molly had found that he was neither outgoing nor retired. <laughs> Something must be done, he hollered, waving a hot pink flyer decorated with cartoons of dancing crawfish in her face. Poor Molly had no idea what was going on, having grown up in a completely different parish and could not understand why these two men did not just call each other up when they were planning an event. <laughs> you must go over that at once and lay down the law to the Episcopalians, said Rev Nighty, who was well aware that no one would listen to her if she did. Molly noticed that he dragged out the second syllable, making Episcopalian sound like a bad word. <laughs> After Hurricane Naughty blew out the door, Molly stared disconsolately at the pink flyer, wondering what in the world she was supposed to do. All thoughts led back to the Prince of Peace Episcopal Church, and before she knew it, her little bicycle had taken her there. Before Molly had time to get properly scared, she heard the laughter of women coming from the church hall, which sounded like the music of angels to her ears. Through the window, she saw table after table of ladies sitting together and chatting happily while making something with their hands. Molly forgot that she was supposed to be on the warpath and wandered through the open door. Miss Dundle, Miss Dundle, trilled her friend, Sashay Savoy of the Clippity Doodah Beauty Shop. Have you come to help us? I suppose I have, said Molly gaily, joyfully abandoning the mission on which she had been sent. Have you ever made palm crosses before? asked Sashay gravely. Well, no, I have not, said Molly, but I have always been quite handy with crafts. In fact, my ladies would love to learn how to do what y'all are doing, Everyone in my church loves crafts, man, woman, and child. This is not a craft, said Sashay, who was clearly offended. This is an act of worship to prepare for Holy Week. Then we shall love it all the more, said Molly meekly, unaware that her shyness and deference had melted yet another heart. Let me call someone over to teach you, said Sashay, and signaled to an older woman who of imposing dimensions and a bulldog face. Let me introduce you to the leader of our altar guild, Miss Petite Potite. <laughs> Molly trembled to behold Petite Potite, whose alliterative cognomen presented a terrifying prospect, for Molly 
was severely dyslexic and had a genius for mixing up people's names. In her last parish church, there had been two ladies named Miss Devereaux and Miss Deravaux who both had red hair and who hated each other with passion. Molly could never be sure which name went with which lady and took to hiding every time anybody with red hair came in her direction. Now, here before her was a person of frightening countenance who carried the name Petite Potite, a name that could easily be scrambled like so many eggs. Molly was petrified that she might accidentally call Petite Potite Pigfoot or potato bug. And just like that, the tension between Prince of Peace and the community church would ignite into all-out war. And what would you like to be called, whispered Jesus into Molly's ear. And what would you like to be called, echoed Molly timorously. Without hesitation, Petite Potite replied, Augusta. Surprising everybody. Molly and Petite Potite sat down across from each other at a long table covered with palms and eyed each other with trepidation. Now first, you take one of the palm branches and cut off a wand, said Petite Potite, anxiously scanning Molly's face for any sign of mockery of the impediment that had dogged her all her life. But she saw there only kindness. Then you bend it over to the white, like this, said Petite Potite, which immediately sent Molly into a panic. She had been transfixed by the beauty of Augusta's old gnarled hands, but now she was spiraling into darkness, for there was no way in the world that she could follow instructions based on left and right. Petite Potite saw this and understood at once. She immediately changed her approach and said, then you bent the wand this way and inclined her head to the right. And now you fold it that way, she said, inclined her head to the left. Molly sighed gratefully. She anxiously scanned Augusta's face for any sign of mockery of the impediment that had dogged her all her life. But she saw there only kindness. When the lesson was done, a lovely palm cross and a world of trust lay in both their hands. Thank you for introducing me to Augusta, said Molly to Sachet as they gathered the great pile of crosses into baskets. You know, it's funny, but she reminds me a lot of a lady at my church called old Miss Brown. Well, she ought to, said Sachet. They're sisters. <laughs> and how on earth 
does one sister end up an Episcopalian and the other in the Bible church? Asked Molly in wonderment. Don't ask if you want to keep your head, said Sashay. But, but you know, this kind of thing happens in Christ's kingdom all the time. We're always being separated one from the other by this or that for no good reason. With wink, she added, it's enough to make you wonder if God might just love us all. A few days later, Petite Potite and Sachet arrived at the Doodlebug Community Church Hall at Molly's invitation to teach the community church folk the lore of the palm crosses. As Molly predicted, her ladies had brought along their husbands and kids, for everyone enjoyed making something with their hands while chatting and telling stories. Everyone also knew that this was an act of subversion, a ceasefire in a decades-old feud that only Bunchy and Naughty gave a hoot about anymore. The buzz of conversation was suddenly stilled like a candle snuffed out by a draft as Naughty himself blew through the door. In a stentorian, quavering voice, he cried, What is this knavish popery? Or is it popish knavery? I hardly know. His tower of hair quivered with wrath. Old Miss Brown stood and said mildly, I believe it is a pious nicety. All I see is ladies fisting and serving the Lord. Up jumped Mr. Flightrisk, the town Yankee, who fancied himself an intellectual and insisted upon being called Mr. Flatresque. He had been enjoying arguing with the Episcopalians immensely, but now he took their part. Now see here, he said with great pomposity, the tradition of making palm crosses has nothing whatsoever to do with the Pope and was begun by the Lutheran pietists in the latter years of the Reformation. Our Anglican brethren here are very fond of symbols, as you know, and we'll gather these crosses back at the end of the year to burn and use for anointing ashes for the solemn occasion of Ash Wednesday. So you see, shut your mouth, snapped Miss Ida, who was the oldest person in the room and spoke with the voice of matriarchal authority. Rounding on night, she commanded, now pull up with your nose and get busy. We need all the help we can get. No one had ever dared to speak to Reverend Pilgrim in this way, except Miss Ida, and she had dispensation to do so only because she was his mother. <laughs> but what of our pancake breakfast in the offending crawfish feed, yelled Naughty, turning to Molly accusingly. Old Miss Brown and Petite Potite, who had spent the morning talking, rose as one and faced Naughty like two elderly linebackers. 
we're combining them together, said old Miss Brown. And having it at the points of peace, said Augusta. Much less work for the ladies, said Obis. Pancakes for breakfast, crawfish for lunch, said Augusta. They glared at Natty with a look that would send the devil scurrying back to hell. Natty could see that he was perilously outflanked and proceeded to do the only thing he could do, which was to have a violent fake coughing fit and run out of the room. <laughs> As she walked back to her little cottage, Molly was happy to see Jesus sitting on her front porch, fanning himself with a newspaper. What a thing you have done, said Jesus. Was that a tear in his eye? And what have I done? asked Molly worriedly. You have brought my children together, said Jesus, if only for a moment. Since I've founded my church, all I have seen is division and strife and separation, and it continues to this day. Molly beamed, and are you well pleased, Lord? Not yet, not until all Christians, until all people recognize each other as kin, said Jesus, or at least until I get some of those crawfish. How have your connections with other churches, denominations, religions, faith communities, and spiritual paths enriched your life? What do we gain and what do we lose when we choose one faith? How is God asking you to reach across the imaginary lines that divide us to bring her children together?